Have you ever encountered a hurdle with launching or growing your business? Listen, there are two things that run a business, the back end and your soft skills. Telling you right now, if these aren't in place, you'll lose clients and you'll lose money. You don't want that? Well, you're in the right place. Hey, I'm Dana. Hey, I'm Sarah. We're your hosts of the Entrepreneur Encounter, and we're going to give you a behind the scenes glance into our businesses, give you genuine feedback, tips and tricks, plus occasionally bring on guests that care about supporting you to grow your business organically and nurturing authentic relationships. Are you ready? Welcome back, entrepreneurs. We're your hosts, Dana and Sarah. And before we dive into this episode, we want to invite you to our Facebook group. During the week, we'll talk about each episode and you can connect with like-minded individuals, network, collaborate, and just have fun. We're trying to make this a very creative space. So come on over and say hello. Every month we have a theme and this month's theme is on decision-making. So shameless plug, you should make the decision to join our Facebook group. (laughs) Last week, we had an amazing guest on, Jackie, and she had an amazing story to share about what inspired her to be an entrepreneur, her journey, the many different avenues and multi-passions that she has. So be sure to check that out. It will be linked in our show notes. So as Dana mentioned, we are talking about decision-making, and today we're going to talk about decision-making mistakes. I mean, obviously, we all make decisions in our life. But what happens if you make a decision that is a mistake? So you got good decisions. They're smart and healthy, positive decisions, bad decisions, unhealthy, negative. And then there's like big decisions, the rare decisions that have a big impact on your life. For example, you buy a house or you start a business. These are big decisions. Small decisions are daily decisions that have a small impact. I mean, think about your day-to-day life. What decisions do you make? Do you make decisions to have a cup of coffee? You make a decision to brush your hair. It's all like these little things that are going to have a small impact. But I believe that small impact has a bigger impact. Every day when you make a decision, the smarter your decision that you make, you're headed into a better direction. You want to become healthy, so you exercise. You want to buy a new car, so you save money, and so on. But what happens when you make a not-so-great decision? You know that feeling of, oh, no, I just made a mistake. That's not a great feeling. Even if it's the smallest mistake, maybe the small mistake could be a typo when you post a blog post or stumble upon your words when you're recording a podcast. But it's it's okay. I mean, you know, everyone's going to make mistakes, but you take that as an opportunity to learn and grow. I mean, there's so much going on in life, but now you have a business to run. So therefore, you are making more decisions. So what are these mistakes and how can you avoid them? I feel like there's so many decisions to make. I feel like if anyone knows me and listens, usually for my birthday or Mother's Day, I tell everyone I'm making no decisions. (laughs) That's how I balance the other 360 something is a year (laughs) is on those two days. I'm not picking where we go eat. I'm not picking who's cleaning what. I'm just doing nothing. So with that in mind, the first mistake that I feel so many of us make, even unintentionally, is to procrastinate. 
pushing decisions to the back burner and do less vital or not so important tasks or innocently get distracted like on social media or a rabbit hole of something piqued your interest. And so now you're going to spend 45 minutes learning how to make the best chicken noodle soup or something (laughs) random. I'm thinking of Pinterest here. So you put off things that are important that should be moving the needle forward. And then what happens? The deadline is coming up. It doesn't get done. Or you now have to spend two or three days, like very stressful, overwhelming early mornings and late nights getting things done and on time and hoping, like Sarah mentioned earlier, you don't have a typo if it's a social media project or a proposal to go out to a couple or a vendor or something. It's just going to get worse. Things pile up. I know I put things off when I have overscheduled myself. For instance, listeners, I had the bright idea that I would do a full rebrand of my business. At the same time, I decided to add on or change my services, which was part of the rebrand, but that extended and segued into, I want to have a monthly membership for Pinterest graphic templates for wedding professionals. Doesn't seem like it's too difficult, but yet there's a lot of things that go on in the back end to build both of those things. (laughs) And then on top of that, I decided to launch a women's professional networking group, which I touched base on a little bit with Sandy Bean a few episodes back. And I was super inspired. So I was like, okay, I feel validated that, okay, this was a great idea from the women in my area. We definitely need that type of community support. But what I keep forgetting is I'm already busy and it takes time. And so now I'm putting off certain things. I have a strategy, but it's still so many things. I'm avoiding putting my decision-making hat on and delegating certain things because I'm like, oh, I can just do it all. It doesn't take a lot of time, but in reality, it does. So one strategy that I have found as I had to take a few steps back is to carve out a window of time to start working on one problem at a time. And I'm prioritizing them based on due dates of other things. So the women's networking membership is really not set to launch until January. So that priority is being moved into November. That's going to be my focus. My focus this month at the time of this recording is finishing my website. I just did rebranding photos all of my HoneyBook, which is my CRM platform, all of those emails have been updated (laughs) and all of that fun stuff. So I feel less overwhelmed because I got started with doing small tasks, but they were vital to my overall goal. So spinning it around, let's say you have our listeners have a client project and the deadline is not until next month. There are some people, sometimes myself, That'll get it done, get on it right away. But there's others that will wait to the last minute. And think about how that feels. Like, how does your body feel when you wait to the last minute versus, okay, I'm going to push through a lot of the work, take a break, go outside, work on another task. And then you come back to it a few days before the due date. And most of it's done. And you're almost just like reviewing, auditing and making sure. So of course, that decision is yours. But if you keep putting it off, then you're going to crunch time. You're going to 
feel overworked. You're going to feel anxious. You're going to have all those things. If you have questions, now you may not be able to get them answered and there's going to be delays in the project. There's going to be errors that you're now not going to be able to impress your client with. So you need to allow yourself more time. I'm talking to our audience. I'm also talking to myself. (laughs) You need to allow yourself time. If you have a lot of networking events, change your schedule to include the travel time. We talked about this too. Give yourself an extra day to audit a project. So if your client thinks it's due October 31st, or that's when they would need it by, then your due date for completing it needs to be the day before. So that the morning of or the night before, you can look at it one more time and make sure all your I's are dotted, your T's are crossed, everything is where it's supposed to be. Allow yourself more time. We're just going (laughs) to leave it at that. (laughs) When it comes to like procrastinating, I mean, obviously, I have that issue because when it comes to client work, I want to get all the client work done first. Like I feel as if there have been many a times I leave my stuff on the back burner because I was in the mindset of, well, it's not making me money. But if you really look at it in the long run, so like I'm writing a book and I've been trying to write this book for the last year and I keep talking about it, but I'm getting back into it. And I'm like, I tell myself, well, if I finish this, then I can let people know that it's done because obviously I want that book to be a lead generator to which I would get clients from. So why do we keep putting things off? It's just we shouldn't. And I tell myself this too, because if we keep procrastinating and putting things off, then it's we're just not going to get to the goal. Yeah, you can still do your client work. Obviously, you want to get that done. <laughs> That's one of the top things that you need to get done. But think about how if you want more work, what can you do to push that needle forward? Another mistake is believing that it's going to make or break you, right? We all tend to overthink and you may feel that the weight of the world is on your shoulders because you have to make decisions. You know, is it a right or is it a wrong decision? Before coming to a solution, you need to look at it as a whole. Last month, we talked about problem solving and which it goes over that in more detail about how you can get to a solution. So definitely go check that episode out. Of course, there are risks that you're going to take in your business. And when you make your decisions, you question like if it's the right one. I mean, obviously, when you start your business, you question, am I making the right decision to start this business? There's always room for improvement and evaluation. So if something's not working, obviously, you can look at it and see what needs to be changed. Obviously, there's those decisions that you need to be really careful about too, especially when there's large sums of money involved. So if there's businesses out there that have like a brick and mortar store, you're putting money, a lot of money into that. So you definitely want to ensure that that decision is the right decision. And don't just say, well, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and you know lease out this place and start my business. You're going to make mistakes, but it's up to you to learn and grow from those mistakes. And always reach out for help because if you're stuck, then there's somebody out there like me and Dana, we're out there to support you. You know, we want to make sure that you are set up for success. Another mistake is not being organized and throwing spaghetti at the wall. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite. I mean, I really feel at times that I'm still doing that. And I think no matter what stage of business you're in, you're probably going to still do that, especially when you want to try to create a new service or create a new product. Everyone is different in how they keep everything organized. 
but you need to have some sort of system. You can use like a project management tool. You can just use a Google Calendar or you can use a notebook. When you make a decision, such as like wanting to launch a new service or improve an existing one, do you ever get that gut feeling like, yes, I want to do this or, you know, no, I shouldn't do this. Or do you like think logically and have to weigh out all the options? Because sometimes people just start something and just do it without really thinking about what it entails. I know when I started my business, my first business, I used to be a wedding and event planner when I was a stay-at-home mom. And I just kind of did everything. I didn't have a singular strategy. I didn't share it with the people that were close to me. I just kind of leaned in on the, if you build it, they will come mindset. But no one is going to come if I don't get out there and talk to people. And I don't organize my social media in a way that pulled people in. I learned that the hard way. I mean, I made money, but nowhere near as much as, you know, I needed to, especially when I became a single mom. So I was determined that when I launched Dana's Desk, that it would be different. So I made sure I had my workflows organized. I knew what steps were to be included, who was doing what. Like who was in charge of like scheduling client calls? Am I constantly going to be doing that? Or am I going to have it in your welcome packet and say, you have to schedule your calls. (laughs) Um, Here's your link, your unique link to do that. I leave it on the end of week wrap up. So there's a little bit of follow up for me, but it's not extra for me to have to remember. I already know I need to send my end of week wrap up of completed tasks, so forth and so on. So now I've learned a lot over the three years that I've been in business. And even though I'm adding a new service and the overall rebrand is stressful because I have new words, I have new things, my structure is thankfully organized. And it was an easy decision to add on Pinterest management. It was an easy decision to update and audit my SOP so that now that I'm adding team members, For the most part, I'm just adding videos to help different learning styles, that sort of thing. Another thing about being organized as well is when you hire somebody, I work with a team and they didn't have no systems in place, no SOPs, nothing in place. And when I came in, I was like, we need all this stuff, the SOPs, the standard operating procedures, and making sure that everybody has all the tools that they need to be able to do their job. So as many titles as I have as being like a team manager, you know, and if you want to hire somebody, you need to make sure that all the back end of your business is set up. So when you hire somebody, it's there and you're organized and you have everything in place. Because if you hire somebody and you don't have an SOP, then you're going to be running around trying to figure it out. And the person that you just hired is going to be left in the dark because they don't know what they're doing. So that's another way that you need to stay organized as well. So the next one that we wanted to touch base on with decision-making or poor decision-making is not thinking about the consequences. We don't want this to be a, don't be so concerned with the like potential negative outcome that you don't make a decision at all. But think of it from this perspective, you're driving down the road, you put your seatbelt on because you know if you don't and end up in a car accident, you could be injured more if you did not have your seatbelt on. No one wants to think about life insurance or car insurance (laughs) or short-term, long-term disability, but you're happy when you have it, even if it's a simple policy. So not to be all whatever, (laughs) 
about it, but <laughs> these are things you have to think about, especially as a business owner. So there are consequences, good and bad, to every decision that we make. So imagine we kind of touched base on this a little bit. You've hired someone and you give them access to everything you have and then come to realize they have either stolen your hard work, tainted your reputation because they're not working to your standards. Like, did you properly vet this person? Sometimes you do vet them and they still surprise you. I had a client vent about that this morning. She's a bookkeeper and she vetted a junior bookkeeper, basically, and they did not work out. I'm not a bookkeeper, so like I can't help her with that. And I feel for her, but she felt like she had vetted them enough and they ended up not delivering and had to let her go. That's a whole thing. So this is something you have to think about when you're trusting someone with your information. Yes, build out those SOPs, but go ahead and start thinking about the questions that align with you that will make you feel comfortable and confident in making the right decision of hiring someone because you can't just hire anyone. When I first started my business, I hired friends. And while, yes, they were invested, it wasn't to the level that I was invested. I mean, they had every right not to be because it wasn't their business. And this leads me into my our next one of not communicating effectively. But I now felt awkward if I wanted to correct them. Well, shoot, I don't want to rock the boat with our friendship outside of work. <laughs> so <laughs> like, I unintentionally put myself in a rock and hard place situation. <laughs> Should not work with your friends and family. It does not. So I now have hired non-friends and they have become my friends. <laughs> but that professional relationship has already been set. So expectations are there. We're learning each other's strengths and weaknesses. I don't have as much issue with saying, girl, you're doing wrong and you need to fix it. <laughs> I want to cheer you on. I want to be supportive. I mean, I still don't like confrontation, but I don't feel as scared or like stressed and overwhelmed about saying, hey, this isn't right. And I need you to fix it so that my client stays happy and I can be happy. (laughs) So it sounds obvious, but once you've made a decision that affects others, you need to tell them about it. If they make a mistake, you need to communicate it in a timely manner. You can't wait three months from now and say, way back when you did this one small thing, they're not going to remember. And it's going to be too late to really gently correct them. Mm -hmm. So let's say one of us wanted to change the whole layout of this podcast. I feel like we have bounced around on this a time or two. One of us did it and we didn't communicate that. What do you think would happen to this podcast? (laughs) Like it would be a world of headaches is what it would be. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) So real world example again. This is more on the personal side. A friend of mine, when you first start dating someone, there's all those like expectations Who's going to text each other first, right? Do you wait? (laughs) And what had happened is they were almost initially texting each other about the same. But I think she started feeling like she was the only one reaching out. So she was like, I'm just not going to reach out. But she's not also telling him that expectation of she would like him to reach out more, text her more. I was like, so you're already setting him up to fail because you have not told him the change in expectation. And this goes for your team. If you haven't let your team know ahead of time or when you've decided to make a change that you want them to reach out to you more directly, like a weekly check-in, every Wednesday, they need to let you know what they're struggling with, what they're working on, whatever it is. You hire them, but you don't tell them what you're expecting or if you've changed your expectations, you didn't update your SOP, or maybe you updated your SOP and you didn't tell them so they don't know what to review. Then you're already setting them up for failure 
And that's just going to have a negative domino effect. It's just one mistake right after the other. So yeah, we talk about communication a lot, but communication is like the number one skill that you have to have running a business because if you do not communicate, it's all out the door. We've said this on the back end, not really with our listeners, is communication is the foundation. Creativity requires some sort of communication, even if it's communicating with yourself. Problem solving requires communication, team building, collaboration, time management, all of those things can somehow be webbed back to communication because maybe you're changing like your availability, your time management, you're updating that because this season of life, you have two kids in sports and one's doing Battle of the Books, another's doing ballet and whatever else. Or you're just taking a step back because you need more blank space in your calendar. It doesn't even have to be balancing 5,000 schedules. It could be you just need a mental sabbatical. Yeah. But that needs to be communicated in letting your clients know what your availability looks like, but also updating your scheduling links so that no one can schedule time during your off hours. Mm -hmm. That happens all the time. (laughs) So there are a number of mistakes that you can make as a business owner. And when it comes to decision making, you need to think before you make the decision and talk to those involved. If something is not working, you want to make sure you're evaluating everything. So listeners, what is one mistake that you have made that you have since learned from and how did that affect those around you? Let us know wherever you're listening, put a comment below and let us know. As always, all of the information is in the show notes and don't forget to share and subscribe so you get all those notifications. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Remember, soft skills aren't just some fluffy buzzwords that get thrown around in the corporate world. They're the key to unlocking your full potential as a professional and a human being. Don't be afraid to invest in yourself and seek out opportunities to improve your soft skills. Sarah and I have a variety of workshops, online courses, and complimentary clarity calls for you to practice in real time with us. Links are always in the show notes. And be sure to join us next time for more insights, tips, and tricks to help you succeed in your entrepreneur encounter. 